Community Focus is a look at events, issues, and initiatives happening in and around the Brainerd Lakes area. Community Focus is produced by Hubbard Radio Brainerd and broadcast locally on 106.7 WJJY. Good afternoon and welcome to Community Focus at JJY. I'm Ken Thomas along with Tess Taylor and today we are visiting with our friends from Camp Ripley and our guests today include uh, Mr. Anthony Housie, Camp Ripley Public Public Affairs and Captain Michael Pop, Headquarters Company Commander. Gentlemen, welcome to Community Focus. Hello, thank you. Uh, Anthony, maybe we'll start with you this morning and uh, we were talking about it on the morning show this, uh, today but mm-hmm. uh, this is a... I want to say dubious anniversary of sorts because uh, uh, yesterday on the April 9th is the anniversary of the surrender at Bataan. Mm-hmm. Today uh, they had started that uh, the, infamous the march. march. Yep, yeah. the, the Bataan death march yeah. up to the prison camps. And and it is a, an infamous day and it's a, a day that kind of hits locally. Uh, yes. being that Being that the Brainerd unit here, the Brainerd National Guard, uh, our Minnesota National Guard unit here in Brainerd was the unit that was involved. And uh, uh, Captain Pop's unit, that's that's their uh, 194th, right? Yes. yes. Uh, so the 194th actually uh, left Brainerd back in 1941 uh, to leave for uh, Fort Lewis, Washington on their mobilization. Then uh, Captain Miller was promoted to Major Miller, and they federalized the 34th Tank Company into the 194th Tank Battalion. Mm-hmm. So 64 men left uh, Brainerd, and then they also... When they they met with guys from Saint Saint uh, Saint Joe, Missouri, and a few other uh, towns in California, mm-hmm. and then once they got the tank companies together, they went through the hardship of mobilizing a tank company first time ever, and then uh, deploying it overseas. Mm. And the 194th Tank Battalion was actually the first tank battalion to deploy from the continental Uni- United States really? during wow. World War II. Did not know that. So, and they arrived in uh, they arrived in the Philippines. Uh, September 26th of 1941, and then on December 8th of 1941, after the day after Pearl Harbor, Pearl Harbor yep. uh, Japanese forces actually started attacking the Philippines. So with the U.S. fleet being decimated, supply lines cut, they all started falling back to um, the Bataan Peninsula uh, in the Philippines. Wow. And so a lot of these uh, events are actually captured in uh, Colonel Miller's uh, book, uh, baton uncensored uh, he's he was actually one of the uh correct me if i'm wrong he was one of the tags for the state was he not or right yep yeah, yeah later life he was a tag for the um the, the adjutant general for the state um yeah so after they went back to baton and they fought very bravely for months mm-hmm. without yeah. supplies food Becoming disease ridden and and they very were outmanned. I mean, it was oh, yeah. the numbers were incredible, weren't they? Comple- mm-hmm. Completely outmanned, and what was even more uh, against them was the fact that all the rounds that they had for their tank companies were anti armor rounds themselves. Mm-hmm. So wow. what ends up happening is they're shooting armor piercing rounds when they have no armor to shoot at. So, I mean, the tanks were virtually ineffective in that result. So then on, you know, April, 
April 9th, General King orders the surrender of all the remaining troops at Bataan. Yeah. Another famous part of this story, too, if I can interrupt. Yeah. Uh, MacArthur was there originally, but he had left early, didn't he? He did. He did. Vowing mm-hmm. to return. Vowing we all to know return. The, the I, famous I will return. I will yeah. return, yeah. Yes. And so he was gone at this point. He and, was gone at this point, yeah. and he had left uh, all the remaining forces in the Philippines which numbered roughly about 78,000 soldiers Jeez. at that point. Yeah. Uh, he left General King in charge of them. And then once it became evident that, hey, we have no more bullets, we have no more mm-hmm. way to feed or take care of our soldiers, General King ended up surrendering. It actually became the largest uh, surrender of U.S. forces in, U- in U.S. history. Wow. So, so then uh, they were force-marched a little over 60 miles to – prisoner war camps all around the Philippines. Our, the men from uh, from Brainerd during that march ended up at Camp O'Donnell. And so there's no food, no water. They endured lots of torture during this march. Yeah. Their, their shoes were removed. They were forced marched. And if they fell out, Japanese soldiers would either torture or murder them yeah. on the side of the roads. God. So um, 20,000 military and civilian personnel died during this march. Which Unbelievable. I can't even, you know, even being a soldier now, I can't imagine having to march 60 miles with no shoes right. that, or water Jeez. or food. Yeah. So, I mean, just that alone with the fear of being killed is yeah. very, very, very harrowing in its own. Yeah. Man. Not to mention that they had just gone through this how many weeks of battle trying to survive yes they finally have to surrender then they're forced to march after all that that's what i think Mm -hmm. is just amazing it's you know and that's the fact that many of them survived that march is amazing its own as well if you look at it that way absolutely and so then right after they got to their prison prisoner of war camps um they actually all everybody that was taken prisoner on those islands remained prisoner for up until the end of the war. Anybody on the Philippines when 1945, when early 1945, when they... MacArthur that, returned. When and, everybody returned back yeah. to the Philippines, that's when the when uh, those gentlemen were freed from their captivity. And they'd actually been in captivity for so long. And the equipment and uniforms had changed so much that when they were freed by, their, by U.S. military forces, mm-hmm. they actually didn't believe it was happening. They thought it was a. They elaborate. didn't recognize yes. the uniform because no. it had changed. The weapons, wow. the weapons and uniforms wow. had changed that much in four years that yeah. they didn't recognize their own people. They thought it was an elaborate ruse by the Japanese mm-hmm. military forces. Unbelievable. So then, uh, oh. and then also many of uh, many soldiers actually were transported on unmarked ships called hell ships, and they were sent to Japan and mm-hmm. were put into forced labor camps over in Japan as well. That was actually the fate of uh, Colonel Miller. He actually was on one of those hell ships and ended up in Japan, and he actually remained in Japan until the end of the war. Man. Mm. Before returning and continuing his military service here in Minnesota National Guard. Mm-hmm. And he survived all of that. Yes. Ooh. So, yeah, we Man. had we had uh, 33 personnel survive the war from the Brainerd Lakes area of the 64 that left. Wow. So even that alone was pretty harrowing. So yesterday we had our uh, 77th anniversary of the uh, fall of Bataan mm-hmm. and the wreath length ceremony. And there is one sole survivor one here year. in Walt the brain, Straka. Walt Straka, still here in the Brainerd Lakes mm-hmm. area. He was there yesterday. We had a nice conversation. He's still in high spirits. He's actually going to turn 100 this year. 
Man. Oh goodness. And so he said he's just looking forward to his birthday and trying to be at as many more of these events as he can be. Wow. So, I mean. Well, we salute him. and oof, Yes. Sorry. And he, he signed a bunch of books yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another new book that was just released as well about the battle, first tank battles on Bataan. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, you know, just very, very uh, humbling. I'm because sure. for how many times, and myself and the battalion OIC captain Reynolds actually were talking about yesterday, like, you know, we get a little choked up talking about it. Mm-hmm. We get a little choked up reading through all these names, but we couldn't un- we couldn't imagine how Mr. Straka feels sitting there and having and ha- seen this, having and having known this. all these people and right. experiencing this. Right. It's I mean, for us, it's unimaginable. Yeah. So wow. that he's mm. a trooper. So and then also coming up in September, then. We also have our Baton Memorial March, right. mm-hmm. which we just recently turned into um, a marathon and a half marathon. Oh, okay. All right. And the hope with that is to get more participants because before it was a 10 and 20 mile uh, march, but we figure we'll get more participants if we made it into a uh, half marathon and marathon. And the reason we want more participants is because we don't want the memory of these events to go go into the history books and be forgotten right. until somebody blows blows the dust off that book. Right. So I mean it's for us it's 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 about remembrance, it's about honoring those who served this area mm-hmm. here in Brainerd Lakes and, you know, not letting the memories of their sacrifices and their resiliency Absolutely. for those who returned and the lives that they lived beyond the war. Mhm. Mm-hmm. And being mm. able to raise their families in a post-war world, having experienced all that, we don't want those memories to go away. Right. Absolutely. And we want to honor their families as well. Oh. Do you have dates yet for the September? Yes, uh, it's going to be September 27th, I believe. Okay. Um, I could be wrong. It's going to be one of the – it's either the second to last weekend or the last weekend of September. Okay. And uh, we also have – you can find it online at uh, Brainerd Baton. Okay. I guess if you com. just Google it or... Yep, and you can also Google absolutely. Brainerd Baton as well, and you can okay. get you to the website. The registration forms are actually already out. Good. Mm. So people can start pre-register, pre-registering now uh, for the for the march, and you can either you can either do it as a normal marathon or half marathon with nothing, or a lot of our, uh, our battalion, the 194th, we show up and we... Um, we participate as a battalion, and a lot of our soldiers actually do it as a ruck march. Wow! With a with rucksack. a with yeah. a rucksack. So we have light. We have the light class and heavy class. A light class would be something around a twenty pound ruck, and then the heavy class mm. would be somewhere around a forty pound ruck. Wow! And then you go out and do your half marathon or marathon. And we ha- we believe it or not, we have retired colonels and um, other military personnel that show up, and they do the heavy class, and they wow. still. They still just rock it out with the best of them. Good for that them. That is amazing. Like so it's it's a very it's a very humbling experience, but it's also a very rewarding experience because especially if you get to meet Walt, yeah, and talk with Walt because he sits and just he, he likes to talk to people. He likes to mm-hmm. you know answer questions, and it's wow. very it's very awesome that we still have that link. Yep. Yeah, and I always encourage people like, hey, if you haven't had a chance to talk with Walt, he's a very He's a very interesting and very nice man. I'm sure. And it's very humbling to be able to meet him. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. An honor, I'm sure. And honor him mm-hmm. and yeah. thank him for his service. Yep. All right. Well, All look right. forward to that in uh, September. BrainerdBaton.com, you said? I believe so, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just Google it. You'll be able to find that. And we hope a lot of people will sign up for either the full marathon or half marathon. And you'll have a lot of 
great company in fatigues. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Captain Pop, uh, how about today? What does the 194th do these days? Well, so as I said yesterday in our Remembrance of Baton, um, we currently have 733 soldiers wow. in the 1st Battalion, 194th Armor. Holy cow. That's our, those are, that's our current numbers. Okay. And many, a little over 200 still call that home here in Brainerd. Hmm. So there's still a strong connection today with the Brainerd Lakes area with our military unit. And it's the, the heritage is just immense, yeah. immense. And so um, we take a lot of pride in, in our heritage and our unit history are mm-hmm. so far that we have um, our, our battalion motto is remember baton, never forget. So whenever an, uh, an enlisted man encounters an officer and we render the proper respects and salutes mm-hmm. are, are provided, um, the enlisted soldier will generally say, remember baton, sir. And then the officer will have to respond back, never forget. Mm-hmm. And, that's, wow. and, that, and that's just a reminder like, hey, Mm-hmm. This is our heritage, and so we take a very. We also quiz our new soldiers. We give them. We give them talking points about or study points. Mm-hmm. Like here's your here's your battalion history, and you can be asked questions about this at any time. Wow! Mm-hmm. So it's it's an expectation that they know and respect the heritage that that's awesome Mom. for the unit that they serve. <laughs> yep. And so that further brings like that esprit de corps within our within our ranks knowing that hey we have a very rich history and we're not going to forget and we're not going to forget so wow um and then you know we have a lot of training going on at camp ripley Mm -hmm. um we we call brainerd our home our home station (laughs) for our headquarters element we call we have the um armory in st cloud which is being renovated for one of our tank companies Mm -hmm. sock center is another one Mm -hmm. And then uh, Saint, East St. Paul. Mm. But our units are very rarely at these National Guard armories. We're, we're always at Camp Ripley. I will, it's very difficult to do the, train, the type of training that we do in our high-up tempo to be able to do it down at our home stations because we need to be on our tracked vehicles, which right. are all up at Camp Ripley. Yep. Yeah. So we have, gunnery, we have um, gunnery cycles that are actually going on this weekend and m- months to come. Where we're on the weekends, we're trying to do all of our gunnery skills testing. So that's firing the tanks through their different gunnery tables, mm-hmm. and uh, to become qualified crew members. Wow! And we have to do this yearly. Mm-hmm. Wow! So as soon as you get done with it, the as soon as you become a qualified crew, you can wipe the you can wipe the sweat <laughs> off your brow. Right. But then you go, well, time to start over. And, we go yeah. and you and you start again yeah. from mm-hmm. square one, and you build up again. And we also have been mixing that into combat maneuver training as well. So we have a very full schedule. We actually are going to be going down to Texas this summer mm. for the uh, exportable combat training compatibility. And so what Texas the, in the summertime. Yes. Have fun with that. Oh, it's it's, <laughs> it's just be, like Minnesota in the spring. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so yeah, it'll be it'll be um, it'll be interesting. We're we're gonna have a lot of a lot of uh, training. How do you say? I'd say training problems or leadership problems or decisive points mm-hmm. that we're going to have to figure out and learn. And that's the purpose of these exercises of is to figure out where we need to improve and what we are good at mm-hmm. and try to take those into the next realm. And so a lot of train up, happen, train up happens here at Camp Ripley, and we have done this uh, XETC before at Camp Ripley. Mm-hmm. Um, Mr. Halsey, I think it was, what, 
2014 yeah. or 15 that we 15. did it? Yeah. Was it 15? 15. 15. So 2015 yeah. was another big year, mm-hmm. and we actually did that training exercise up here at Camp Ripley. Wow. Um, but we are going down to Texas this time for it, and then once we come out of that, we have a lot of really cool things that we're going to be doing down there mm-hmm. as a brigade. The entire brigade is going. Oh, wow. Not just the 194th Armor, but the entire 1st Brigade combat team is going Holy down cow. to train as a consolidated unit at the same time that's a lot so then yeah there's a lot of logistics that goes into that and so i mean it becomes it's a test on being able to sustain combat power and make sure everybody's getting fed water and taken care of Mm -hmm. so that alone is its own little operation inside (laughs) of an operation so um and getting our equipment down there that's another very trip i bet very very difficult trip as well so Hmm. um once we can uh, We'll be seeing some rails moving uh, out of Camp Ripley actually this summer. So yes, oh, wow. be, a lot of be the next part. So we'll load up a lot of different equipment, uh, just as we've done a couple of years ago, and send them south. Yeah. Right. Yes. And that in itself is the training, like you say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, How to mobilize uh, a unit like this. Yep, that's actually – Because uh, you're not driving your tanks to Texas. <laughs> no, no, no. That would be a little far. But, yeah, we uh, – yeah, it's one of our um, mission essential tasks as a headquarters unit – is expedition, expeditionary uh, deployment. Yeah. So being so, just even doing the rail operations mm-hmm. is, has its own set tasks and training requirements. And even though we're doing it, doing it in a sense like, yep, we're actually doing this. Right. It's good training for if we had to do it mm-hmm. in a short time window. Yeah. Boom, boom. Mm-hmm. So Got we're the experience. Then. So that way we can deploy and support the active duty forces. We can uh, deploy and support them in a relatively short fashion right yeah. Yeah. so and that's and that comes with all of our equipment equipment readiness rates and our personnel readiness rates and keeping those right. at levels like and which what's very impressive about our minnesota national guard soldier is they're actually able to have the same readiness levels as active duty units we have all the same requirements that they do mm-hmm. for all these different training events we have to maintain the same readiness levels and the same uh, operational readiness. So for all of our wow. equipment, we have to maintain all the same things they do. We just get less time. Wow. And then everybody still has their personal lives outside of that. So we still have sure. people who are police officers, um, management positions in different companies. They're still going home on after these drill weekends mm-hmm. and but they have to living, their, living yeah. their civilian life. But yep. then they have to put their army hat back on. And be able to do all the same things that the active duty wow. does. And that's what makes a National Guard soldier, in my opinion, almost a better soldier in reality overall. Because we have to juggle all of the, all of the stresses yeah. of having another job on top of this job. Wow. Fascinating. All right. We have kind of run out of time yeah. here. It's been fascinating talking Very. with you about not only what uh, the 194th does, but about its history. And we truly appreciate you being here today. Uh, Captain Pop, you'll have to come back another time. I would appreciate that. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for your service. Yeah. And uh, Mr. Housie, likewise, we'll see you yep. again. Won't Always we? happy to be here. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Our guests today from Camp Ripley, Mr. Anthony Housie is the camp in Camp Ripley Public Affairs and Captain Michael Pop, Headquarters Company Commander at Camp Ripley. I'm Ken Thomas, along with Tess Taylor, and that is today's edition of Community Focus. And don't forget, Community Focus is available anytime on our website at 1067wjjy.com.